0: Okay, hey, we're, we're jumping into a new series this morning called I'm In. I am stoked about this uh, next several weeks and where we're going to be going. Um, Christianity at its core, Christianity at its core is not about attending church services. It's not about being involved in church programs. It's not about uh, gaining knowledge of the Bible. Christianity at its core is not about being part of a family that calls itself a Christian family. It's not about being part of a nation that calls itself a Christian nation. Christianity at its core is a relationship with Jesus. And this relationship, it doesn't begin when you step into a church for the first time. It's a relationship that doesn't begin when you get baptized. It's a relationship that begins like any other relationship. It begins when, you, you, when, when a person, in this case Jesus, shows up in your life and begins to speak to you. You hear his voice speaking to your heart, inviting you to follow him, calling you um, to to give your life to him, to pursue him, to see what he's all about. In this moment, when Jesus shows up in your life and begins to speak, it looks different for everybody. For Peter and Andrew, these two guys, these two brothers in the Bible, they're a couple of blue-collar, redneck fishermen. They're just off the shore fishing, and Jesus comes along, walking on the beach, and he says, come, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. For Paul, this other guy in the Bible, he's just on a a trip. He's traveling to a city called Damascus when all of a sudden out of nowhere, a bright light shines, knocks him to the ground, and he hears a voice. He hears the voice of Jesus inviting him to follow him. Um, This invitation from Jesus came in, in, in a different way for all of us. For some of you, maybe you had hit rock bottom in life. After 20 years of marriage, a spouse left you, or you just lost everything, you lost your house, your job, or maybe your kids just abandoned you, and at that, that low, low point in life, you heard someone whisper to your soul, there's more to life than this. Follow me, and I'll show you what living looks like. For somebody else, maybe it was a little less dramatic, maybe you were, as, as a kid, you had a mom or a dad or a, a children's ministry director tell you and teach you about Jesus, and something in your heart just said, Okay, this is life. I want to get to know Jesus more. I'm going to, this is the direction I'm going. For me, I was 14 when I really began to hear Jesus speaking to me, tugging at my heart, saying, Rich, follow me, surrender your life to me. I first, when I first heard the voice of Jesus really begin to speak to my heart, I was actually terrified because I, I, I just didn't know what was out there, but it, it, I just, I didn't know him yet, so I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that. And it wasn't until I was 15 years old that I I came to this moment. I was at a youth conference that my church was hosting, and I had this moment. I remember it as clear today as I did way back then where I just, I surrendered. Like, Jesus, okay, I'll follow you. And I wish I could stand up here today and tell you that this relationship with Jesus has just been tight. It's been close. There's been been none of this. We've just been together, um, life-giving since day one. But I can't because in my own immaturity, my sin, my self-centeredness, I've had times where this relationship has either drifted or has just not been the kind of relationship that Jesus intends it to be. In fact, there's been different kinds of relationships that, that I've, I've had with Jesus, and maybe you can relate to, to these yourself. There's been the casual relationship where Jesus has just been like an acquaintance. He's just been somebody that, you know, I'll check back in with him, every few weeks, and and maybe say, say a, a little prayer to him at dinner time. It's just been casual, and, and it's just stayed shallow, no depth, no closeness. For much of my life, my relationship with Jesus has been a religious relationship. And for, for kids that grow up in the church, there's a, a, an even more of, an, of a danger of this happening, because what happens, and what happened to me, is I grew up in, in a church, and a church family, and I heard about all the rules of Christianity. I knew what I should and what I shouldn't do. And so when I heard the invitation from Jesus to follow him, I interpreted that to be an invitation that went like this. Rich, come and follow me and learn to to obey all the rules. And so I, I, I thought, okay, I can do this and I was just, I was determined as a teenager I'm like okay I'm going to do this I'm going to read my bible for half an hour every day I'm going to I'm going to start off every morning first thing I'm going to pray for half an hour I'm never going to think lustful thoughts about girls I'm just going to do I'm going to do everything that I know that I should do and then on top of all that I'm going to make sure that I lead one person to Jesus at least once a month I can do this well my zeal didn't last even a couple days <laughs> before I I failed, and despair settled in, and I felt like just a complete failure. Sure that Jesus was just disappointed in me, dissatisfied with me, and just um, upset. And this, this religious relationship was empty. There was no life in it. A couple weeks back, I heard a pastor, his name is Bill Hybels, he's from Chicago, and he talked about the religious relationship that many people have with Jesus. And he said, the difference between... Christianity in every other religion in the world is really just two letters. Christianity is spelt, or, or all the religions of the world are all spelt do. You work really hard. You got to make God happy. You, you got to strive to just do all the, the rules to just be a good person. It, they're all spelt do, but Christianity is spelt done. It's done. Jesus has done all the work on the cross when we put our faith and trust in him. He makes us righteous, the Bible says. Holy, it's done. But I had this religious experience. I didn't realize that it was faith and trust that pleased God. I thought it was all my hard works that pleased God. At other times in my journey with Christ, my relationship with him was an academic relationship. It was about knowing all the doctrines of Christianity. It was about being able to explain why uh, why the, the Bible was a, a valid book and why uh, how, how the resurrection how there's, there's proof and evidence throughout history why why the resurrection... It was just all academic, all up in my head. And, and with that, there was th- there was just no heart in it. It was all intellectual. At other times, my relationship with Jesus was a guilt-ridden relationship. I was just falling short. I couldn't be who he wanted me to be. I, I was not doing all the shoulds of Christianity. I was struggling with sin in my life. I was just... Uh, I had all these issues. And so whenever I would get... I would try to be with Jesus, I was just guilty. And so what that did is it actually caused me to not want to be with Jesus because if being with Jesus meant that I would just be feeling guilty, then why would I want to do that? It was this guilt-ridden relationship. And what I've I've come to learn over the years and what I've come to see is that Jesus is not inviting me into any of these kinds of relationships, and he's not inviting you into any of these kinds of relationships. He's inviting us into something that's so much more different than all that. And and when he called out to you that very first time, wherever it was, he was inviting you not into a religious relationship, an academic relationship, or any of those. He was inviting you into a vibrant relationship, a relationship with him that is full of life. It's John 10, 10, where Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. It's not a relationship that's full of just anxious striving and trying really hard to get into his good books. But rather, it's a relationship where your heart is at peace, at rest in his love and his acceptance of you. It's a vibrant relationship. And you've you got to hear this this morning. If your Christianity is anything less than a vibrant relationship with Jesus, you are settling for a relationship, a faith, a Christianity ...that is far below what he is inviting you into. It's far below. Which raises the question for all of us, well then how do I get a vibrant relationship with Jesus? How do I have a vibrant relationship? And we're going to look at what scripture has to say. And to answer that question, I want to read a short conversation that Jesus had with two two men. Just prior to this conversation, Jesus was out doing miracles. People were bringing um, their sick family members to Jesus. And Jesus would, would heal them. He was teaching and uh, as, he's, as he's doing all this great stuff, the crowds are just kind of swelling and growing around him. And so at, at one point, Jesus decides, for whatever reason, that it's time to move on. And so this is where we're going to pick it up in Scripture this morning. The Bible says this. Um, it says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, we don't know a whole lot about this guy. We don't know where he came from or what's, what's going on, but presumably he'd, he had seen Jesus healing people, and maybe he'd heard Jesus teach, and, and he reaches this point where he sees Jesus heading off, and he's like, okay, Jesus is amazing. He's awesome, I, and I don't care where his boat's going. I want to follow Jesus no matter what. I just want to go all in. I'm in. Jesus, wherever you're going, I'm in. And I, I probably don't really need to read the rest of the story because you probably already know exactly how Jesus is going to respond to this guy. You know that he's going to say, that's awesome. He's probably going to lead this man in the sinner's, sinner's prayer. He's probably going to pull out a connection card, right? Get the guy to fill out his information so that so that he can give it to the guy and, and follow up later on in the week and, and, and maybe have a conversation about what this journey is going to be about. He's probably going to introduce this guy to some of the disciples and so that he can just get connected. That's that's what we'd all do, right? Get connected. He wants this guy just to get off to a roaring start in this relationship with Jesus. He doesn't do any of that. He, he instead looks at the guy and he, he says something that you just wouldn't expect him to see because Jesus, you see, he, he doesn't just look at what's going on on the outside. He knows what's going on on the inside. And he, he speaks to what's going on here in this man. And the Bible says, Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's like, you want to follow me? Are are you sure you want to follow me? Because, bro, I don't even know where I'm going to crash tonight. I'm probably going to be sleeping on a rock, going to sleep, listening to that guy over there, Peter. I'm going to be going to sleep to his snoring right beside me in the middle of nowhere. Are you sure you want to follow me? You're probably going to want to have a comfortable bed to sleep in, but that's not always going to happen when you follow me. You probably are going to want to have people like you and, and say all kinds of good things about you, and you're going to want to probably be one of the cool kids. That's not always going to happen when you when you follow me. You you're probably going to want to live your life like everybody else. You're probably going to want to get rich. You're probably going to have a successful career. You're going to want to build your own little kingdom, you have your own castle and your own treasure trove and. And, and do, do things the way that everybody else does. But listen, that won't necessarily happen when you follow me. Foxes have birds and a, a place to sleep. But followers of Jesus, that's, that's not always the case. And Jesus was helping the man see that his way and Jesus' way were not always the same. In fact, they're polar opposites. They were radically different. And if he wanted to be in a relationship with Jesus, if he wanted to follow Jesus, if this man wanted, wanted to go where he went, um, he needed to understand that a vibrant relationship with Jesus requires that you stop living life your way and begin to live life his way. Jesus is saying that when the life that you want leads down a different path than the life that he's leading you into, what, the, what it will require of you at that moment where you've got this junction, his way and, and your way, it will require you to deny yourself and give up what you want and choose to follow him. In fact, Jesus put it like this. He said in another place in Scripture, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. In another place, I mean, you think that's 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 pretty strong, right? He, he gets even stronger. He says this in another place. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross, not monthly or yearly, but take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. He's saying that if you really want life, if you really want a vibrant, life-giving relationship with me, if you want to follow me, you have to do life his way, not yours. And, and his way looks a lot different than our way. With his way, for starters, he's in the driver's seat, not me. I'm no longer in charge he, around here. He's the one who is leading me. I'm not the one I'm not the one leading leading him. His way is denying self instead of indulging self. You know, this man in this story, I mean, he's really like all of us. I mean, who doesn't want to have a nice bed to sleep in at night? I, I want to have a nice warm bed to sleep in and a nice pillow to sleep on. And I, I want to have that, indulge myself with that that small comfort. He's just like anybody else, but Jesus is saying, no, it's, it's, it's going to require denying yourself, denying some of the habits, some of the comforts that get in the way. His way is the way of the cross instead of the way of the comfortable. He doesn't promise us an, an easy road. He doesn't say, sure, follow me. It'll be no problem. He says, take up your cross daily. Next, the way of Jesus is it's faith and risk over safety and security. It's, it's being like this team that went to Mexico. I had some, some conversations with some of them before they went, and they're like, I don't know why the heck I'm going, why God is calling me to go on this trip, because I'm just me. This is scary. I don't think I've got what it takes to be a part of a trip like this, but they're, they decided to just put, put safety and comf- comfortability aside and step out in faith and, and take a risk. That's, that's following Jesus. It doesn't, it's just not a one-time deal. It's, it's th- that's, what, that's what it's about, a vibrant relationship with Jesus it doesn't come as you've got everything figured out. you got all your ducks in a row. It comes as you hear Jesus invite you to follow him, and you say, okay. It's not a life for those who just want to cocoon in a safe little bubble. That is not the way of Jesus at all. It's, it's faith and risk. And then lastly, his way is about finding life by losing my life. And understand something this morning. This is a 180-degree different direction than the direction that the culture around us is going. Because the world that we live in says, if you want to find your life, it's about gaining. It's about gaining success. It's about gaining all the stuff. It's about gaining a good name for yourself. Jesus is saying the opposite. When you follow me, true life actually comes as you lose your life. You want to follow him? You want a relationship with him that's vibrant, that's, that's full of life? it'll mean you stop living life your way and begin living life his way. Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but it's not always the case with Jesus. And so he has this conversation with this guy and we don't know what happens. We don't know if he, if he follows Jesus. I mean, maybe he's like, it doesn't matter, Jesus, I'm, I'm in. We don't know, but he has this conversation and no sooner had Jesus had this conversation with this guy than another guy comes up. And this time, it's, it's a teacher of the law. He's kind of been on the fence or whatever with Jesus, and he, he's, he's now reached this point where he's like, I'm in. I want to follow you. And let's read how the conversation goes. Another disciple said to him, um, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. So it's like he's got some pretty important work that, that he needs to do, some things that he needs to do before he follows Jesus. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, at first glance... This sounds extremely insensitive, extremely rude that Jesus would say this to this, this man. Um, who says that to someone who's lost a loved one? Who's, but as you dig into the situation a little bit and you understand Jewish culture a little bit, you understand that there's actually a little bit more going on here in this situation. Um, for starters, one of the great commands of Scripture that, that every Jewish son or daughter knew was that you were to honor your father and mother. And so if this guy's dad had just passed away, he's not going to be out talking to a rabbi. He's going to be doing what, what they would do in that culture, which was a very uh, reclusive kind of mourning that they would do. And second, if this man's dad had died, Jesus has really just asked him to break one of the Ten Commandments. It would be incredibly dishonoring to his dad to just take off and say, "Ah, yeah, let the, the dead bury their own dead. There's more going on here, and the most likely explanation is that this man's dad isn't dead yet, but could be very close to dying. Maybe his dad is quite old, or maybe he's unhealthy, but what this guy is saying is, is, a, is, is likely an expression that they use in Jewish culture, which meant, let me wait until after my father is dead. And based off Jesus' response, it's likely that this man's reasons for waiting aren't reasons of honor and respect for his dad as much as selfishly thinking about what he's going to receive once his dad passes away. Once his dad passes away, he's going to be getting an, an inheritance of some sort. He's going to be getting some kind of estate that's going to pass on to him. And so it's like what he, he's saying is, I'll follow you, Jesus, but first give me a few months to pad the bank account. I'm not quite ready. I, I see who you are and I want to, but I'm just i got some other things here that i got to take care of before I, I follow you. He's like the young adult who says, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus, but first I'm going to go to college, first I'm going to get married, then I'm going to make sure I get my job kind of figured all out, and I'm gonna get, establish my career, and then I'm going to build a house, and uh, I'm going to get all this kind of stuff established. And then Jesus, then I'll follow you, and then, then I'll go your way no matter what. And Jesus is saying this. It doesn't work quite like that. He, he's... Uh, This man is letting things distract him from following Jesus. And and what Jesus wants this man to know and what he wants us to know is that a vibrant relationship with Jesus requires you to turn from a distracted life to a life of total devotion. Turn from a distracted life, whatever that looks like, to a life of total devotion. And we'll do just about anything to keep from living a life of total devotion. One of the things that that the church people love to do to keep from a life of total devotion is is go to church on a weekly basis, uh, serve in a ministry, maybe even tithe, do just enough of the right things to keep from doing the one thing that Jesus is asking of us, and that's to live a life of total devotion, to take up the cross and follow him. He doesn't ask for partial devotion. He asks for total devotion. Jesus put it so plainly. There's there's just no questioning what he was was calling us into. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You could take money out and put in its place any of a thousand different distractions that we have in life. You can't serve both God and your career. You can't serve both God and, and your home." God in Facebook, God in TV, God in your family, God in your incessant need to be busy, God in your need for people's approval, God in comfort, God in safety, God, you you can't serve two masters, Jesus is saying. And if you want a vibrant relationship, it's it's total devotion to Jesus. It's being so relentless in your pursuit of Him that you're just going to be quick to get rid of anything that distracts you from that pursuit of following Him. And I'm not just talking this morning about the big things that we sometimes think. You know, this big sin issue or uh, lying or addictions or, or, or any of that kind of stuff. I'm also talking about the little things. Jesus is saying, if your if you're need to be on social media all the time gets in your way of following me, push it aside. If your crazy debt-ridden lifestyle gets in the way of you following me, push it aside. He asks for, for total devotion. And if you want a relationship with Jesus that is vibrant and full of life, you've got to stop living life your way and begin to live life his way. And two, you have to to turn away from a distracted life and towards a life of total devotion. And if if you've been listening closely this morning to all that this involves, and if you've got any sense of self-awareness, you know yourself, you know your frailty, you know your weakness, at this point, in the sermon this morning, your response to all this will simply be, I'd love to, but I can't. I can't do that. I'm too weak. The pull of this world, the pull of my, my friends around me and all the, the pleasures of this world is just too strong. I'm prone to selfishness, to want to play it safe, to want to live for comfort, to want to live for security. I can't live this life that Jesus calls me to. And to which I would say, you are 100% right. You can't live this life Jesus calls you to, at least not on your own. At least not on your own. You will need the help of the spirit of Christ that lives within you. And you will need the help of other believers that are sitting beside you and in front of you and behind you. You will need the help of other believers if you're going to live this life. That Jesus invites you into. Jesus said, said this. He said, I will ask the Father. And he will give you another helper. To be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. You know him. For he dwells with you. And will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He, he's going to help you. He's going he's gonna to come alongside of you. And give you strength. You can't live this life he's inviting you into on your own. You have to have the, the help of the Holy Spirit that, who lives within you. And second of all, you need to have other believers in your life who are walking alongside of you. You know what you really need? You need someone in your life who will disciple you. You need someone in your life who will disciple you. Now, that word disciple is a word that we just, in, in church land, we just t- toss that word around everywhere. Well, a disciple is really three things when it comes right down to it. A disciple is someone who is following Jesus, someone who is being changed by Jesus, and someone who is committing to the mission of Jesus. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men, Jesus said. That's what a disciple is. And so to be discipled is to have another person in your life who is going to show you and they are going to teach you and they are going to help you be a follower of Jesus. You can't live this life that Jesus is calling you into, calling you into and you were never meant to live this life on your own. If you try to do it on your own, you you just won't be able to. You need the Holy Spirit's help and you need the help of other believers. And the question I'd like to ask all of us this morning, just want to leave you with this question is this: Am I consistently cultivating my own vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ? What am I doing to cultivate that relationship? with Jesus? Am I trying to live this life on my own strength or am I daily going to to Jesus saying, Jesus, I need your help. I can't be the dad you want me to be. I can't be the husband you want me to be. Jesus, I'm going to be stepping into a work environment today that's hostile where people don't like you. They don't like one another. They just grumble and complain. It's negative. Jesus, I need your help. Are you consistently going to Jesus for for help or just trying to do it on your own? Are you you consistently going into God's word because God's word is his way. You can't know his way apart from God's word. Are you consistently going into God's word to figure out what his way is? Am I isolated from other believers? Or do I have a person in my life who I can look to and say, yeah, this person is discipling me. I'm connected to this person, and they know me. They know my struggles. They know my weaknesses. It's a friend that, that I regularly connect with. And they're helping me grow. Do you have that in your life? And, and, and you need to be consistently cultivating your relationship with, with Jesus. What are you doing to do that? What are you doing to do that? And, and I would encourage you this morning, don't settle for anything less than a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Don't settle for anything less. We're going to be spending the next several weeks looking a little bit deeper into what it looks like to cultivate that relationship. What it looks like to be, um, to just have that vibrant relationship with Jesus. But don't settle for a religious relationship. (laughs) Take it from a guy who's got a lot of experience in a religious relationship, it is empty. And there's something so much better. Don't settle for just an academic relationship where your head is disconnected from your heart. Don't settle for a guilt-ridden relationship go after a vibrant relationship with Jesus that's what he invites you into this morning that's what he invites me into a relationship with him that's vibrant that's full of life would you pray with me today Lord I just want to pray that this uh, that your word this morning would just give us vision it would give us hope that Lord you invite us into something that's far greater than what Lord th- than what many typically experience in in Christianity, Father, you're inviting us into a relationship with you that is full of faith. That's full of trust. A relationship that's full of depth. A relationship where Jesus, we're not just living all for us. It's not just all about me. It's a relationship that's got that, that where there's significance. Where we're, we're making an impact on other people. And we're just experiencing the joy of having a life that's that's part of something much bigger than me lord you invite us into that and i just i pray this morning that more than anything this that, that each person here would hear your voice saying come follow me and i will make you fishers of men the lord we would we would hear your 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 tender voice calling us into a relationship that's that's life and life to the full and father i pray for any here that have settled Lord, I pray that this message this morning would just work like a, uh, it would just be a, a cataclysmic moment in their journey with you where they just begin to make a shift and a change in their relationship with you and begin to go after you and pursue you, pursue the life that you have. Father, I pray all this in your good, good name, Jesus.